Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. You guys, I am loving the summer and the Psalms. Psalms. Did I get it right this time? The Psalms. Guys, this is how it's spelled. Psalms. No? Okay, I'm here. Anyways, how many of you felt like it's been really good? I have loved, I have loved every minute of it, and I am extremely excited for today and what's going to happen. We are doing something that we like to call our 5 by 5 Now, we had one drop out, so technically it's a 4 by 6 See how I did that? Still in the picture realm? No? Okay. Um, but Cass is probably online watching, and I just love you so much, Cassidy, if you're watching. We hope that baby Quinn feels better. We know that she's already better in Jesus' name. Amen. Because we had a prayer time this morning over healing so and stuff. But we have four beautiful ladies. There's one, two, three. Where's my fourth? There she is. Gosh, Ruthie, you're just up here leading worship, and now you got to get up here and preach, you know? It's just, I know, she just got, I, how many of you know when you go on vacation, you need a vacation from the vacation? So just up here leading worship with your hubby, and y'all are probably just sun beat down because they were at the beach. But it's refreshing, right? That's what we said all morning. It was refreshing. So I want to introduce our four amazing ladies. We're going to have Shannon come up, and then we're going to have Angelica, and then we're going to have Judy and Ruthie come up. And now listen, this is like a time thing. This is like they have five minutes to deliver a message all in five minutes. So it's really fun, and I know the Lord's going to bless it, and I know he's going to do something in it. He always does. It always just kind of knits. Everybody kind of falls together. It's pretty beautiful. So let me pray over them, and then Shannon, you'll just come straight on up. Zoe, you excited to see your mom? She's probably going to, you know, when they hear your voice. Yeah, it's going to go. It's going to be fun. Well, Father, I thank you for these beautiful ladies. Father, I thank you for their voice in this church. God, I thank you for what you have already deposited in them, the truth that is already in them. God, I pray that nothing gets in the way of that, Lord. Nothing gets in the way of that. And God, I pray that you would open our ears to receive and our spirits to receive this morning from them. God, all strength, all power. Father, your will be done today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, Shannon. Come on up. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Hi. Is my, is my time starting now? <laughs> that, if I look like I'm reading, it's probably so I don't take forever. Um, okay, thank you. Um, Brandon really helped make this simple. He made it easy, so I'm, I went off what he kind of, not what he told me to say, but the guidelines. So kind of the phrase, like the title of my little message is staying, staying in the pit is serving no one, especially not yourself. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I will later. Um, so the verse I'm reading is Psalm 30, 8 through 10. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I'm silenced? If I go down to the pit, Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? 
Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. So many of you probably know our family story, and but if you don't, I'm going to just a little quick summary. My darkest time, a.k.a. my pit, was when Zoe was diagnosed. And um, if you don't know, she has like a rare genetic condition, but it all started with seizures when she was three months old. And I'll tell you what, when her first seizure, I had faith, I prayed for healing, I was like, it's okay, you know, we're going to get through this. But after one week of seizures turned into months, and after one hospital stay turned into 10, um, I wasn't quite as, you know, full of faith. And, you know, I've been a Christian since I was a sophomore in high school, and so that foundation I had, yeah, Zoe, <laughs> it kind of, you know, it was, it was shaken a little bit. And um, so I'm sure you're wondering, well, you look like you're doing pretty good today. I mean, you know, so I bet you're wondering how I got here. So that's what I'm going to help you with. So I, I kind of, you know, relate to that, you know, what David was saying there, like, and right before he kind of said that part, he was saying, like, you know, when things are going good for me, I say my, my faith isn't shaken, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it's really easy when things are going good to be like, God, I trust you, and you're faithful, you know, um, but when you're challenged, it gets a little bit, you know, you really see what's there, you know, you're really laid bare, so, um, let me stick to my notes here. Um, so, like I said, you know, my pit was like depression, faithlessness. Um, Zoe was, you know, three, four months old. Um, Emma worked. I like didn't get out of bed. I just stayed in bed with her. Um, and I stayed in that place. And, um, but, you know, at the end of that passage I read, David says a key thing. He says, Lord, be my help. And this is important because, you know, the Holy Spirit can't move in our silence. He can't move in when we're stuck in that place. Um, so not only that, but Satan loves to keep us quiet, alone, and in our dark place. So to come out of our pit, we need to speak, reach, and move. We need to speak out, so cry out to God. With whatever strength you have left, and it might not be pretty, it might be a lot of cuss words, it might be whatever it looks like, anger, whatever. Because let me tell you, I wasn't like, God, please heal my daughter. I was like, why did you do this to our family? Why would you have a struggle with infertility for two years and then give us a child who's broken? Um, and it was hard. It was very hard. Um, but I didn't really have a choice to stay in that place because I had a child to take care of, you know? And so what, I, what really helped me was that, you know, I did probably cry out to God with some angry words, but I reached out to a community, and we have great friends around us, but they didn't understand. So I went online, <laughs> and I now have really amazing Instagram best friends that met me where I was. They, we cry with each other. We pray with each other. We've never met in real life. And... So, you know, that was my reaching. So I did speak, and I reached out. And then you have to move. So you have to choose daily, maybe by the hour, maybe by minute, you know, to, you know, get out of that pit. And, you know, maybe it's like a physical change. Like, you have to change your workplace or a friendship or something like that. But, you know, you have to move. You have to choose. For me, it was Zoe started therapy. And the 
physical therapist would come to our house and I went from our bedroom seven feet to our living room and I had to get ready every day. And that helped me, you know, but I chose to get out of that place. And it's not perfect. I have bad days still. In our family, we call them um, pity patties. Because if you don't know, Emma speaks Spanish as his first language. And when we were newly married, I think I was having a pity party. And Emma was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm having a pity party. Just let me have my pity party. He's like, what? A pity patty? Because he didn't understand, like, the phrase I was saying. That happens a lot in our marriage. And so <laughs> and now, now we go, well, let me have my pity patty. So you have your pity patty for an hour or a day. And then you pick it up. And you move on. And if you're stuck, you go back to speaking, reaching, and moving again. You know, so, um, so your pit is doing nothing for no one, like I said, especially not yourself. But coming out of it is powerful. Yeah. Not only can it empower you, but others. You know that cheesy phrase, your test becomes your testimony. Um, and not only that, that's exactly what the enemy doesn't want. You know, he doesn't want to see you come out of your pit. He doesn't want to see you speak out. He wants you to stay silent. But it's really cool when your pit doesn't have power over you anymore. So thanks so much. I think I did good, right? It was five minutes. <laughs> All right, Angelica, you ready? I don't know how I'm going to follow that one, but Holy Spirit speak. Um, so I also have a main thought, and I think it really does fall right into, Shannon, what you were saying, and thank you for sharing that with us. Um, my main thought is God allows others in our life to fail us so that we don't set that person up to be the answer all the time. And I referenced uh, Psalm 135. And that one says, I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on him. My hope is in his word. And I'm a huge definitions person, so I tend to look up every word in a verse. So sometimes it takes me like three days. Um, but counting on that phrase means to depend on someone to do what you want or expect them to do for you. So there's a lot of pressure, right, when you're, expecting, when you're counting on someone, when you're relying on them. And... Thinking about how I was before I came to Christ, before I gave my life to him, I was very dependent on the people around me. Um, so much that I was just constantly left in disappointment and despair, which happens when people fail you, right? Um, and that's not to say that there weren't dependable people in my life. There are, right? We all have those people, but even those people fail, <laughs> It's just, you know, it's going to happen. And so I kept asking the Lord the question, why do you let that happen? Why can't anyone just always, you know, say what they mean and do what they say they're going to do? As if it's that easy, you know, because I, I do that all the time. Um, so then here's that thought again, you know, God allows others in our lives to fail us so that we don't set them up to be the answer all the time. And there's just, like I said, there's just so much pressure in that. And when thinking about now that I'm married, how easy it is to solely and fully depend on Thomas. And when I do that, because there's times when I do that and I just put the Lord here on the sidelines and you're the one, you know, um, unfortunately. 
but it's, it's even more difficult to forgive him, to give him grace, and to say, I'm sorry when he fails me because I fail, you know, in those moments I'm failing him. And so we all know that story of Job, right? And just to kind of summarize that, the hardships that he and his family went through is just unfathomable, right? They're just, you can't imagine that happening to yourself, but in some way we've all experienced a circumstance or a season just like Job. And when we go through those tough seasons or circumstances, I think it's much easier for us to kind of respond like Job's wife um, in these circumstances. And if you don't know how his wife responded, understandably, because this, this poor woman experiencing just tragedy left and right. And so she comes up to Job and she says, are you still trying to maintain your integrity, curse God and die? You know, it's just, she's done. She's like, there's no more hope. There's nothing left for us to do. Like, curse him out, cuss him out, be out, you know, dip. Like, and so, not like that. But, um, and what was Job's response to her? And I think it's so profound. And again, I know I'm not going to respond like Job did, but we, I can only hope one day. Um, he says, you talk like a foolish woman. And I just pause right there because I like that he says you talk but you are, he doesn't say you are. Yeah. And so we have to remember when we speak to our spouses, to those around us, that we're speaking life and not death. So he's not proclaiming that over her. He's just saying, you're talking like one, you know. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? And so in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. And so I think about that. Should we only accept good things and never bad? Well, if we expected the Lord to make our lives perfect, to give us only good things, we wouldn't need him. We would never need to rely on him. We would never need to rely on anyone for that matter, right? And to bring this kind of all back in, when you think about, again, his story, Job's friends, they were over here saying, dude, it's your sin. It's your children's sin. Like, it's all of this, the reason that's happening to you. And, you know, here comes again his poor wife that she's just completely lost all faith and tells him to just go off, you know, just be done with the Lord. Forget about him because he's not helping you out anymore. He's gone. And there's that question again, Lord, why do you let this happen? Why do you let people fail us? And I've come to that conclusion in this verse. It's because the Lord wants all of us. He wants all of us, the entirety of our being. And yes, he may use those in our life to fulfill his promises, but we have to be sure that we're counting on him fully and letting him do that for us, yeah. not us taking control over that. And so the only way Job or myself or any of you could come out of something like this is when we completely count on the Lord. Yeah. When we put our trust in his promises, his truth, because the reality is counting on the Lord is trusting him for what we can't see, yeah. right? And so whether it's us failing or those in our life failing us, we have to remember just keep counting on him. Keep counting on him fully and put your trust in his word because they will withstand everything that life is going to throw our way. People fail us, but the Lord won't. My 
goodness. All right. See what five minutes can do? Just saying. Okay. Here's my mama. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thanks a lot, Shannon and Angelica. I really... I knew, I knew I'd have to follow these amazing stories, and, but I love, I love how we all read these verses, and, and God gives us all these different um, versions of it, and it all works together, and God is faithful and good, and so this morning, I'm reading from Psalms 135 through 6, and my verse is in the Passion Translation, and it says, I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O oh God, throughout the night. Several weeks ago when Pastor Brandon began, began this series on Psalms, he, he spoke about the meaning of the word blessed. And you remember, if you remember, he gave the definition as lucky. And a few years ago in preparing for a speaking engagement, um, I studied out the word blessed in the Amplified Bible. And in the Amplified in Psalms 1, we read blessed. And as only the Amplified does, blessed is then followed in italics by several definitions. And it says happy, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied or enviable. Psalms 1 then goes on to describe blessed as someone who delights in the law of the Lord who remains steadfast, someone who does not pause or linger in areas that could cause them compromise. And I just wonder, just as you listen to these stories this morning of Shannon's story and Angelique's story, that when you hear those stories of God's deliverance and answered prayer, and when you hear other people's stories of their healing or their breakthrough in God, or maybe just their passion or their love for Jesus, and because of their journey and the depth that they've experienced, there is something in their stories that does cause us to be in awe of them and to be envious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And I've actually had many moments like that that have caused me to shift my gaze and my thinking and my faith to rise. And Psalms 130 speaks to us about waiting on God and expecting our breakthrough. I will watch and wait for you, O oh God, throughout the night. And, you know, I get a picture. I get a picture of a soldier or a sentry or a watchman whose job it is to protect those he's watching over during the night. He has to be wide awake. He has to be focused, sensitive to his surroundings, alert and aware of every sound because his eyes can't see in the darkness of the night. He can't let down. He has to be prepared for the time that he's on duty, especially in dangerous or threatening situations. He has to be ever ready. He's also been given tools to help him, more than likely, night goggles and weapons and instructions to help him see beyond his own capabilities. But you have to think that when the morning comes and he can see clearly that there is a tremendous relief that what was unseen is now seen. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied are those who trust in God. In the night season when it's dark and we can't see, when we remain steadfast, 
when we speak God's promises, when we stand on the weapons of our faith, when we praise the word of ourselves and those we watch over, when our eyes remain fixed on what God says and who anchor ourselves in his truth, looking and expectantly waiting for God's answers. In my several decades of living, can I just say to you, those of you who may be weary or tired or depressed or just need healing, whatever you may need, that if you remain and trust, just as these girls shared before, that if you remain and trust and keep walking in the brilliance of God's love and in his word, his promises, his love for you, you will see the promise of blessed come true in your life. Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied. You know, the word says that weeping comes for a night, but oh, the joy that comes in the morning. Psalms 130, verse 7, in the same passion, says, Keep hoping, keep trusting, keep waiting on the Lord. He is tender-hearted, kind, and forgiving. And he has a thousand ways to set you free. He himself will redeem you and ransom you. He turns graves into gardens. He turns mourning to dancing. And bones into highways. Amen? Amen. Do I look like Judy? <laughs> I mean, she looked so cute. I was like, can I borrow your glasses so I can look cute? I can't see there, really. You guys are all a blur, which is probably a good thing. Um, but I forgot my glasses at home, and I literally cannot read my phone if I do not have something amp making it giant. <laughs> so if I look at you oddly, you don't look weird or anything like in real life. It's just through these glasses. I'm so sorry. Okay, so it is by no mistake that several of us spoke on the same scripture this morning. Uh, my scripture is Psalm 130, verse 5 and 6 in the ESB translation. It says, and I'm just going to read it because I feel like this spoke so big to those of us who spoke this morning that if it meant so much to us that you can receive from it too. So I'm going to read it. It says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. So as we see in this scripture, the word wait is repeated several times. And the hard reality is that we spend much of our lives waiting. When you really think about it, we spend so much of our lives waiting. We wait in traffic. We wait at Chick-fil-A. Starbucks. Sorry, I like Starbucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do love Roots, too, and I also love Summer Moon. Okay, sorry. It's not going to recognize my face with these glasses, guys. <laughs> we wait for our children to clean their rooms. I mean, we literally wait every day. We could talk all day long about what we wait on. 
But in a more spiritual sense and a more um, serious note, you might be waiting on a healing. You might be waiting on a restored relationship or a marriage, a restored marriage. You might be waiting on the right spouse. You might be waiting on a child. I'm so excited for you guys. And when I, when I think about that, I think about you guys and just how faithful God is. And I'm so happy for y'all. Okay, but not to get onto a tangent. You might be waiting on answers to prayers or direction, a financial breakthrough, fulfillment of dreams and promises. There's always going to be something that you're waiting on. But let's remember that in the waiting In the waiting, God is refining you. God is growing your spirit, man. There is always, always purpose in the waiting. And we might not see it. Most of the time, we do not see it. But I promise you, there is always purpose in the waiting. There's always purpose in the pain that you're going through. What if God is making you wait because he's refining you to that point where you can receive that answer that he has for you, where you can actually receive that healing and know what to do with it? It's funny because um, I also am going to talk about Job. Um, So you've already heard the story of Job through Angelica, but Job... He had to wait through his suffering. He had to wait through his affliction. And he was afflicted in so many horrible ways. Have you ever watched a movie that just like nothing good can happen to the main character? Like, I think it's maybe Meet the Fockers. Is that the movie? That like bad thing after bad. What? I'm sorry. But just like bad thing after bad thing keeps happening to this person. And that's kind of how I feel about Job. It's like, dear Lord, can this guy get a break? But he was afflicted in so many different ways. But he never stopped trusting God. No matter what his wife said, no matter what his friend said, curse God, this and that, he never stopped trusting God. He lost everything. He lost his children. He lost his health. He lost his wealth. But he did not stop trusting God. He waited. He waited for that time of redemption. He didn't sin. He didn't blame God. But he waited. Galatians 6, 9 says that let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say if we do not give up. That's the main point here. If we do not give up. So in the waiting, here's a couple things. Here's 12 points. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Three, actually. I just narrowed it down to three. Do not give up. If you are waiting on a healing, on an answer, on a child, whatever it is that you're waiting for, number one, do not give up. How do you know that if you gave up today that your answer is not going to come tomorrow? How do you know? You don't know that. So you have to keep pressing forward because you might miss your answer otherwise. Number two, trust his timing. 
which most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, his timing is different from ours. Like, we want it now. We want instant gratification. We want our answer now. But no, his timing is different, and he has a reason. And he sees the big picture. He sees and he knows exactly what you need and exactly when you need it. So number three, encourage yourself with scripture and prayer. I mean, that's just, that's what we got to do. We have to encourage ourselves with scripture and prayer to renew our strength in times of weakness because we're weak. He is strong, but we are weak. And so if we don't stay grounded in the word and what he says, then we're going to fail and we're going to give up. So that's very important. So I was reading... um, a pulpit commentary that I found online, and it's, uh, it says, waiting for the Lord is patiently bearing our affliction, whatever it may be, and confidently looking forward to deliverance from it in God's good time. So let's allow our times of waiting to be times that refine us, to be times that grow us, And let's remember that God has a purpose in your waiting. So stay faithful to him and trust that his promise for you is coming. The answer, the breakthrough, the healing, whatever it is that you are waiting for, it is coming your way. Amen. Amen. That is awesome. My goodness, I uh, have a whole page of notes, a whole page. You know, what's funny about that psalm, psalm is I, that's the one thing that I heard years ago when I first got saved. The worship team, it was like on repeat, this song. And so I have that scripture memorized. But I think I, mostly because I resonate with waiting. God, that's so true, Ruthie, that most of our lives, we wait. I never thought about that, but it's so true. So I just kind of want to honor Shannon. When things are going good, my faith isn't shaken. You really see what's there when your faith is shook. You didn't say exactly that way, but it's so good. He can't move in our silence My gosh, and Satan loves to keep us in that place. That is so true. Let me have my pity patty. (laughs) I'm probably going to start saying that one around my house. Oh, Angelica, there's just something, man, when you get up here, such good truth comes out of you in this really gracious way. But, like, it's truth. We all need to hear it. So I love you for doing this, and it was just incredible. I want you to know you're probably going to be doing it more. Everyone was excellent, but I just felt like you needed to know. God allows others in our lives to fail us so we don't fully depend on them all the time. People will fail you, but God will not. Judy, watchmen, they have to be focused. My goodness, what a great reminder, church, to stay focused. God's our anchor. If you remain, weeping comes through the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I just felt like when you spoke that, like that's, you've lived some of those moments. 
You caught the tears at the end. Ruthie, the word wait is repeated. I loved all the points. Don't give up. Trust is timing. Encourage ourselves in scripture and in prayer. So good. I think we're going back into just a moment of prayer or worship. Is she back up here? She is. So let me just pray over us this this morning. Let us not become weary. Come on, just stand to your feet, church. God, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, that when we call upon your name, Father, that your word says you incline your ear towards us. And I pray where there's been some people who have been weary, where we have, like we said earlier today, not been able to communicate exactly what we're feeling because words just don't make sense sometimes with what we're dealing with, with what we're going through. God, I pray that you put a spirit of urgency within us to keep seeking you. That when things fail us, when people fail us, when jobs, bosses, when when answers don't come, Father, that we don't put that on you. But God, we say, God, we need you. We want more of you. We need you to speak to us in those circumstances. So I pray right now that we never forget that you are a good and gracious God and that you will meet us right where we are because you sent your Holy Spirit for us. What a gracious God. God, I just pray, Father, that you would refresh your people today who need to fill you more and more. God, I pray that you would awaken their soul that feel like they don't know you. Father, would you awaken their hearts to see you, to receive you today? Thank you, Jesus.